Welcome to the View Tourism Podcast. I'm Koji Benton Williams. The View Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is Monase Ahmed, the Managing Director of Distant Relatives Eco Lodge and Backpackers, a unique eco lodge in Kilifi, Kenya. The lodge has in the last 10 years built a coalition of environmentally conscious travelers and made the local community the center of its project. Monase talks about her passion for the work and how destination could tap into their model to develop a robust and sustained domestic tourism. So welcome to the VA Tourism Podcast, and uh, I have Mwanase Ahmed of Distant Relatives based in Kilifi, Kenya, who is going to tell me more about this uh, project that has been going on for some time now. How, you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Kodra. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here with you. It's, it's, it's been a while. Last time we met was 2018, right? I believe so, at the Sustainable Tourism Africa Summit. And then uh, subsequently, I managed to join you there in you know, Kilifi. Tell me more about this uh, distant, uh, re- uh, you know, uh, relative backpackers, eco lodge and all of that. Great, thank you. So um, it's an eco lodge. We're called Distant Relatives Eco Lodge and Backpackers based in Kilifi, Kenya, along the coast. Um, Distant Relatives is very unique as compared to many other eco lodges, hotels, bars, restaurants, uh, because we're founded around three main pillars. The first one in the name Distant Relatives, actually inspired by the album uh, by Damien Marley and Nas, which was launched in 2010. It says a lot about who we are. We're all about bringing people together of different backgrounds, cultures, genders, socioeconomic capacity. So people from the community, international people, from the region, from Africa, in a place that's welcoming and inclusive, um, which allows us to connect and meet each other. And remember, we're all one human family and hopefully reduce our judgment and stereotypes and learn to appreciate and respect each other more. So distant relatives is about inclusivity and bringing people together. Uh, The second main pillar is about environmental conservation. And as every part of our business, our decision making, our building styles, our resource consumption, we're always thinking about uh, what resources are scarce and finite and regenerative and how we can work best within the context of what's available as well as work on regeneration and waste upcycling. So I'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, but um, yeah, we're always looking at how we can best respect and leave a positive impact on our environment around us. And the third is really how we can have the most harmonious, mutual, mutually beneficial relationship with the local community around us. So this is done through a series of ways, whether it's procurement and looking at how we can uh, purchase from all of our different local suppliers, employment, about 50% of our team is actually from the village around us. Uh, then with that comes a lot of capacity development and training, as well as the team is entirely Kenyan. And then uh, through a lot of different partnerships, be it taxis, guides, boat captains, fitness instructors, photographers, artists. So I can expand on that as well. But those are our three central pillars is how can we focus on inclusivity, work best with our environment, as well as ethically and efficiently and impactfully with our local community in a mutually beneficial way. 
So that's distant relatives. Um, and then backpackers is also part of our name, which backpackers is a word that's used we, all we, around we, the world. We, we, we will come to that, okay? Because it's, it, okay. It, it, you know, uh, it's quite interesting. But again, uh, as, as, as a person, how do you get into the, you know, business of ecotourism and ecology and, uh, and all the things you're doing now? What inspired you? Personally, my journey through life has been one that's really inspired by community, connecting with community um, as well as with nature. And I've always had a passion towards activism, social justice, social consciousness, uh, as well as environmental. And this has been uh, throughout all parts of my life has been a key part of who I am and what I believe in. And this project was started in 2012. Uh, by two other founders and I came to Kilifi around the same time as it, it was started and it really inspired me. For me it's not just about hospitality but it's about a socially and environmentally conscious model that business can be done in a way that is works with our environment and that supports uh, our local communities and economies. So for me the reason that I'm involved here is really about the ethos not just about a hotel and uh, what we're working towards and how we're trying to also inspire others to be considerate of each other of the environment and give practical ways that other people can also do that while also learning from each other as well so um around six years ago i was transitioning out of another job and had always had a very keen interest on this place and the founders also knew my passion and really wanted me to get involved so at that time i actually came in as a shareholder I'm the general manager, and now I'm currently the CEO of the organization. Okay. Now, obviously, you've operated this for more than a, a decade, and if you if you if you mention right, it's about eleven years now, right? And which which leads me to my my next question around how uh, do you think that it has you know positively you know improved the life of the people and the environment? Because as your tagline uh, you know goes, you you're trying to build a coalition of environmentally conscious people can you enumerate some of the things in in this in you know in these last 10 years what uh, this project has been able to do uh, you know in terms of helping our you know environment and people's appreciation of what uh, a responsible traveler should be absolutely thank you and yeah it has been 11 years um i think through our space there's many different practical examples of ways that you can work more harmoniously with the environment. And for example, we have gray water systems. So every water drop that goes through either a sink or shower goes back into either gray water systems to clean it or back into banana circles. We cut all of our own glasses from our spirit bottles, which reduces carbon footprint and gives local employment. We build with mud and a lot of regenerative wood uh, that's local hardwood when using it and other natural materials. We um, have a little food forest and a permaculture site. Our gardens are drought resistant. So we offer these permaculture tours, which bring people all throughout the property. And we build with tires, even when, when glass bottles are kind of everywhere, which are recycled then from our bar. So when people come here, whether they own other businesses or individuals, it's inspired a lot of people with practical ways. They can also be conscious and you know incorporate environmentally friendly designs into their homes, their businesses. So We've worked directly with a lot of individuals as well as people from all around the world and throughout Kenya to share ideas. We've also learned from them as to ways that, you know, building and designing in this proper property can be more environmentally conscious. So those are a few ways that we definitely know 
Um, a lot of people have learned and used some of the ideas we have, and we also continue learning and building on those. Simultaneously, Kilifi was not really a tourism destination um, 10 years ago. Nobody really knew about it. People knew about Malindi, Mombasa, Watamu. So this was even before I came in, but distant relatives really helped to put Kilifi on the map as somewhere for locals, for internationals, for Africans to go to for holiday, even from people just from an hour away or from Nairobi. So with that there's also been it's become a very creative hub um, we bring a lot of creatives together entrepreneurs and a lot of other businesses that have also been started in and around kilifi in the past 10 years have a majority definitely not all but a lot of them have also incorporated these ethos as how can we you know become more environmentally and socially conscious within what we're trying to achieve so it's really inspired a lot of like-minded organizations and individuals who have continued to build kilifi into you know a, a more green more inclusive uh, and more economically thriving space so that's on the environmental side and as for our, our community um, it's always been within the business model to see how can we ensure that a lot of the revenue we generate goes back into the community. So a lot of the coastal lodges have a model where they want everything to stay in-house, whether it's the taxis, the spy, the Maasai dancers, everything kind of comes to you in the hotel. Whereas first we work with a lot of different partnerships, as I mentioned. So when people come into Kilifi, uh, this is giving and come and visit us. This is giving the local taxis, bodabodas, tuk-tuks, tour guides, boat captains, um, artists, we engage different artists. We have fitness classes, whether it's yoga or other things happening throughout our week, giving entrepreneurs and local community members the chance to also uh, make some revenue from the guests that we have. Um, we also work really closely with our artists and creative communities. So we've had a lot of different music events where we give all of the local, a lot of the local artists as well as pairing them up with national or East African, African or international acts, which create a network and give platform. And a lot of careers have also launched through this space and developed and enhanced. Um, and through our supply chain, we're always trying to see, you know, whether we need uh, labor or whether we need materials, always how to spend that money in a way that it can uh, be more positive to our local community rather than big conglomerates or international companies. So those are some of the ways. We also have intentional activities on a weekly basis. So we participate in mangrove planting and encourage our guests to do that, supporting a local CBO and charity, which brings money into the local community while also giving them a reason and the financial capacity to uh, focus on conservation. So uh, as well as doing beach cleaning and I think it's been a really educational space as well. We do a lot of different workshops around water management or permaculture basics. And so we're always trying to both share and learn and build on the knowledge um, within our local and international community. And we know that tourism, yeah, coming here, it means, you know, the local markets, the local restaurants, activity providers, other businesses will also thrive. Um, building and boosting our local economy when our guests go out and experience the beauty of Kilifi and the surrounding coastal towns. Okay, so last time that I was there, as you know, it was a, it was a, I mean, it was a great evening, and I think that you know we had some performances. So uh, how again with with a place like that, and if you manage to build something that is very authentic, uh, if you had to deal with the current capacity issues, because also it's back to sustainability, how do you balance that? 
sorry, you were referring to the capacity of our accommodation? No, yes, you know, about about the current capacity concept where you also have to be conscious of the fact that it has some limits. But again, when people, you know, uh, uh, have the interest and uh, you have the numbers which, which uh, you know, makes business sense, how do you deal with it? So for us, our accommodation, we can sleep around 68 people through a variety of different styles of accommodation when all the beds are full and, uh, you know, our cottages, which have three rooms, are full. So we also try to minimize the resource use that is required to host those people. For example, all of their accommodation depend on composting toilets. So they're nice built up composting toilets, but they're not requiring water to flush them. I mean, water uh, flushing toilets takes a huge amount of resources from a local community that also has limited access to and insufficient water for their own hygiene and um, you know self-care and so for us we're always we're also trying to make sure that those who are coming in here or the way that we've set up the accommodation is not putting too much pressure on our local resources as well as things like we don't have big grass lawns and so we're really trying to be aware of how much in, uh, carbon impact or in, input we require to host them uh, personally at this point i believe that Kilifi has not become like a mass coastal uh, tourism destination so i do feel like it's been being built and growing in a pretty sustainable way, um, mm -hmm. which is not really causing huge amount of pollution and destruction to our local environment. Development does uh, continue, but people are also really proactive in speaking against, you know, when you have these uh, kind of uh, beach beach shacks built on the beach in the riparian zone and our community is quite proactive in trying to address things that are a bit harmful and see how to regulate and step in while also acknowledging that um, there's a big uh, question around community livelihoods and you know we have to address when there is uh, forest destruction or beach beach shacks coming up it's also our local community looking for a source of revenue so uh, we've recently formed this Kilifi Eco Jami Alliance, which Eco Jami means community in Swahili, which is looking at, you know, the, the intersection between community and livelihoods and sustainability and growth and development there, as well as in environmental conservation and restoration and how those things can harmonize so that the root causes of, um, you know, destruction and poverty can also try to be addressed by our business okay. and by our, uh, our local community. Okay, so now we we you know we go back to the first point that we uh, discussed uh, briefly around backpacking, where as I I or, as I know I, I believe you also read around the critics around you know backpacking, you know creating some form of leakage effect in the tourism ecosystem for destinations. You know uh, how. How are you, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, backpacking? Because in 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 the broader tourism conversation, it, it's seen as a as 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 the, you know the segment of the of the sector which you know creates leakage for uh, destinations. Um, so for you know, we've actually moved away from uh, when this place was first opened. It was really known as backpackers. Um, it was known as Kilifi backpackers. But so backpackers is a global word that's really used as a place that has to define a few main main um, facilities, I guess. So one is that it has affordable accommodation. So a lot of them will maybe have hostels 
um, or that some will have maybe a community kitchen, which enables the guests to self-cater or choose from the restaurant. So one is uh, affordability. The second is uh, like a lot of communal spaces for people to relax, hang out, maybe get to know each other, engage, rather than maybe just a reception and block of rooms. And the third is that one of the key features is that you have different activities that are happening within your property on a weekly basis, as well as can help them learn about other activities to do in and around. So I believe that Backpackers also has um, a general connotation or understanding, which is slightly misleading because, which I totally understand in East Africa, a lot of people hear backpackers and all they think about is tourists traveling with huge backpacks. Whereas really it's not only for that demographic, it's really for anybody who is looking for affordable uh, accommodation, a nice vibrant space with nice common lounge areas and activities. So we've really focused on the name Kilifi or distant relatives and kind of removing that from our main branding because it discludes some of the population who do come here and do feel comfortable and welcome here. So unlike a lot of other backpackers as well, we did used to have a lot more of these events and music events as well, which is a great way to bring people together. Music is a universal language, create that inclusivity in the community and nurture local talent. But we are also a bit conscious as to ensuring that our programming, you know, does have a lot of different things that are good for families or for couples or solo travelers or for the local community in terms of skill development. So personally, I think that any business, uh, whether it's a backpackers or a hotel or a resort, could be something that's super positive for the local community, the local and the tourism industry at large, or, you know, can have a lot of negative repercussions. So from our side, I think the unique thing about us is that our business model was never um, founded. Our business was never founded on profit. That was not the intention of the founders. It was about creating a space that could be environmentally and, you know, socially conscious and a model that business can be done in a way that, is good for the local community and for the local environment um, and uh, financial sustainability is very important in any business and we have been here for 11 years but it's never been the key factor so i do think that whether which, whichever type of accommodation or hotel or ecology you are it's really about the integrity of your ethos and how you structure your business um, which determines you know whether or not it can be positive so uh, we finally, I mean, you've, you've done this for 11 years and with your experience and what you see from people coming there and people wanting to have an authentic uh, you know, uh, experience of, of, of the destination, how, what, will you, what will be your advice to destinations you know, looking to have such a model as part of their tourism offerings? Because uh, from what I see, obviously, you have international, uh, uh, you know, um, uh market but uh, it seems to me that it's a it's a it's a, a propeller for you know domestic uh, tourism what would be your advice to destinations i would say that um i think I th well there's quite a lot there but a few things that come to mind one is i think that different uh spaces and resorts and hotels and even towns focus on very specific uh, tourism demographics maybe it's an Italian market or an international market or Ugandan or um, but I think that one of the things that has really been a driver in the success of this space is that we've had a very inclusive approach so whether you go to the local university or in government or from Australia or Uganda or Nairobi 
we really work with our team and with our policies and structure and you know this space to ensure that all of those people feel welcome feel appreciated are appreciated so i think that inclusivity in your approach um, is something that's very helpful for a more sustainable tourism business with that i would also say environmental conservation is really important because it has a lot of positive financial implications as well and I think we've seen that, you know, fresh water, for an example, is a scarce and a finite resource. And people don't always realize that as long as it's available through taps, but with long droughts and, you know, not enough water, even I think South Africa had a crisis where people didn't couldn't even buy drinking water if they wanted to. So as when we start to feel the effect of, you know, the pressure on our natural environment, as well as understanding the higher costs when we do waste resources. For example, we sometimes don't get water from the Kilifi mainline for three weeks or more. And when you have to import a lorry of water, it's extremely expensive. So installing, you know, rainwater catchment gutters, which we have, or having lower water consumption through your hotel is something that is not only environmentally sustainable, but also financially more sustainable. So I think getting ahead of the trend and not waiting for a complete climate crisis to start being conscious of the materials we're using or not waiting for all the forests to be gone before we start thinking about whether we can use wood or alternative materials. I really believe that it is the direction and I think travelers are also starting to be a bit more aware as to, you know, where am I staying? How do these people treat their team? How do they pay their team? Are the people who work there happy? Um, how are they, what are they doing for the environment? So I also think it's in the interest of more people globally to to see businesses being a bit more aware as to their practices and calling them out when they're not. Um, so I also think it's not only for the right ethos, but you know, other people are also becoming a bit more concerned. For us, we did it because it's what we believe in, but I think the travelers are also, um, the travelers are also paying more attention. I think also, you know, working with their local community to create unique experiences, niche experiences that are community run and developed with good standards of service and professionalism as well. So, you know, having a local community member give a medicinal herbal walk through the village or cook a local dinner up on the cliff by the sunset or bring them out on a bird watching and sailing experience or bring them into their own home for a cooking class or jewelry making. So I think our travelers are also looking for more unique memories um, rather than just, you know, a big screen TV and an AC. Everybody likes their own, to each their own, you know, and we completely respect the desires of different travelers wanting different experiences. I would just, I think that I encourage us as, a, as an industry to see how we can be more creative. Um, we need to grow and, you know, enhance and have a dynamic service not keep the same uh, activities or styles for 20 30 years as well as you know see how to be a bit more ethical in our business practices for the environment and for the communities that depend on them tourism and hospitality has incredible potential of having a lot of an incredibly positive impact on communities and economies and you know cities towns at large villages as well as um, it does have a loud voice to when choosing to be a bit more responsible. You're also teaching and educating all those who come through to um, to consider, you know, building with tires or cutting their own glasses or that mud buildings were 
so where that composting toilets actually save a lot of water and then can go back into the earth instead of sewage uh, you know we we have uh, so many different little things that we recycle through our property we have uh, pool tables made out of old boats that were leaking and then the fishermen get a bit of money towards a new boat and we get a beautiful piece of furniture so i think inspiring our creativity and how we look at our business models is a key element towards a sustainable and exciting future for the industry. Indeed, I mean, we we, we, we all have, have to rally uh, behind that to make tourism a, 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 a true transformative force, you know, uh, for good. So thank you, Mwanase, for, for your time. And it's been a pleasure, you know, speaking to you. Thank you as well. Uh, thank you so much for having me and lovely to talk to you as well, Kojo. Wishing you, you a good evening and good...